You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Astronauts podcast. This is your host, Daniel Harms. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at inharmsway19. That's where I do all my film analysis there. Also, rgrfootball.com and the Fantasy Football Astronauts Discord. If you need a link to that, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter or Jetpack Galileo on Twitter. I have with me today gambling and fantasy football content creator for the Champions Round, Steffi, on, Steffi Smalls on Twitter. That's with three L's. How you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. This is a fun week coming up, week 10. I can't believe we're already this far into the season, too. It's crazy. And it's been I'm, one hell of a season. Like, very unexpected, all over the board. Uh, not Trends are not our friend this year for once. This has been one of the craziest up and down seasons I think I can rem- I can remember. It reminds me of Kirk Cousins' fantasy football points every single week. He's up and down. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But every single week he changes. But this is exactly how it's been this year. And... I can't really remember. Even in the show sheet notes, I have week 10 and then parentheses WTF. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand what's going on. Not with just the season, but we're already into week 10. So for those of you that are gambling content people that want to gamble, I'm not. I can't actually gamble in in Missouri, so it doesn't work out for me. But I know there's a lot of people, a lot of states out there that are doing it. So that's why another reason we have Steffi on today. So what are a few lines that you're keeping an eye on this week in some of these 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 matchups yeah there's a couple very interesting ones a very we have some really bizarre games games like the yes. Raiders and the Colts who are you know one is quietly taking and one is actually very outwardly tanking I think that game is kind of a trap there because we've seen this mm-hmm. happen where a new coach comes in someone's fired and they end up pulling out that win whether that continues it doesn't I, I don't know. This number, staying away from it. Um, <laughs> very interesting. I actually took Minnesota when it was at plus seven. That line mm-hmm. has gone all the way down. It's probably around four. I mean, it should get to three and a half because we see. Probably. You know, there's a, without Josh Allen there, which I know we're going to talk about that game a little bit later. I don't know how big a difference maybe Case Keenum might be able to get it done. Um, another line, probably to stay away from, kind of lean taking that Buffalo plus, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, four if you can get it. Because I think that Case Keenum could still get the job done. Yeah. It's a lot it's of fun. A- this is it's so weird. Like, we're, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But there's a lot of different aspects in this week and some some interesting uh, some interesting interesting numbers. Like, I, I like the Tampa Bay and Seattle game. I think – is that on it? It's got to be, right? No, it's not. So we can talk about it just a little bit. Yeah, Because that's can. Seattle plus – they're always underdogs. I don't know if anybody else has watched the Buccaneers. They can't play football. They have no offensive line. Mm-hmm. Russell Gage, Luke Gadecki did not travel with the team. These are guys that play for them every single week. Like, what are what's going on with these lines in Tampa Bay? They have not watched some of these. We're games. seeing this a lot. You're seeing it with the Rams too. A lot yeah. of these, you know, they're media darlings. Uh, you know, Brady. At least Vegas is catching on to Aaron Rodgers and what he's yes. not yes. not doing. I won't say what he's doing. Vegas is at least caught on to that. And I think what we saw is. Tampa Bay won, finally, mm-hmm. and, you know, you see this very, very theatrical with Tom Brady. He's he's acting as if he won the Super Bowl, makes yeah. no sense, but, like, yeah, they're hot off a win. They settled for field goals, like, four out of their six red zone visits, and one ending in a failed fourth and yeah. Like, they are not – that's just the beginning of it. They're not a good – they're just not a good football team, 
And Seattle's proving to be a good football team. I knock on them. Yes. I was expecting regression. And every week I keep doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't bet. I can't bet at Seattle yet. Like, I'm just not there. <laughs> because I'm, I'm expecting them, you know, to at some point regress. But, I mean, they have mastered controlling, like, time of possession. Mm -hmm. Their defense is finally stepping up. They're nearly doubling their opponents in first downs. Like, they're just making it possible to win. They have Walker there. Geno Smith is just having a, a fantastic year kind of came out kind of came out of nowhere we always thought you know Joe Smith is in that upper echelon of like great backup quarterbacks yeah. like one of those guys that you want because you can trust him to come in and win you a couple games no one's expecting now we're going to be in a conversation where do they keep Gino and roll this out is he going to get paid after this so I it's hard for me to bet against Brady after you know winning but again what has what has the Buccaneers done for us to trust them yet if you guys, I know you watched that. Everyone who watched that game, both the Rams and the Buccaneers were yes. actively trying to lose that game. There was no, like, no one wanted to win. They kept going back and forth. And at the end, of the end, you know, uh, the Rams were like, we're not even going to try to get a first down. We're not going to try because we don't think your offense can do anything. And then they just gave it up. And, you know, Tom Brady's like, fine, I'm going to throw it to the sideline. You're not going to car, you're not going to guard it. I got no timeouts. Right. And the Rams just conceded the sideline. It blew my mind. Just and at the end defense. of the day, right, this is what we look at, like, and a lot of these games and when I've been doing these, like, analysis when we're looking at the betting preview for the week is, like, a lot of these teams, when they win, like, mm -hmm. it's more of a testament to the other team. Out, Like, this is not on Tampa. This is also the yeah. Rams being a bad, bad, the Rams are a bad football team. Bad, right now. bad, like, bad, bad. And they don't, there's no, like, Tampa Bay, we've seen them kind of do this before. Do I think they're going to make a full resurrection? I'm not sure. But we've seen them kind of get into form mid-season after mid-season it's not unlike them the rams are i they're not pulling it together it's not going to happen gone. um it's yeah, very obvious too seattle's a better team than the rams so i don't know what the plan is going to be for tampa to go over there. seattle's also going to has a big fan base in germany oh yeah and you know it's gonna they're gonna keep it interesting i it's very hard to not take that seattle plus two and a half yeah i'm all in on, on geno smith just yeah. having not to mention you can actually run on this Tampa Buccaneers defense yes. all of a sudden and Kenneth Walker and that offensive line is doing a good job so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty oh, all yeah. about that right now last thing we're gonna do before we get into the, the look ahead do you have any props that you you know you're looking at this week that, that maybe like you know interest you or maybe some other people might have interest in yeah and it's funny because I think these are games that we'll talk about but um mm -hmm. I was asking my co-host, I'm like, what would Justin Fields' rushing prop have to be for you to not <laughs> over? Because at this point, he's what? You look at the games the last four weeks, I think he has had 178 breaking records there, 60, 82, and 88. So this week they set it at 58 and a half versus a, a bad defense yeah. that allows teams to run all over them. I don't know if you don't take the over there. I think that that number will probably be bet up a little bit. Um, also, mm -hmm. funny that you had Peoples Jones on the show sheet. I am very <laughs> high on him. I have 43 and a half for, for yards. That's very low for him. He's been over this several games straight. Mm -hmm. I think he's getting involved, and I think they're going to have to pass the ball to really stay in this game with Miami as well. Nick Chubb, anytime touchdown. We've also oh, yeah. seen oh, what yeah. they were able to do last week against Miami. My, and we'll talk about Miami too. Like their mm -hmm. defense is not is not good right now. Like nope. if they want to continue on, like teams are scoring against them and they're scoring a lot. 
And then I'd probably be interested in Jacoby's rushing yards. They've been setting hit that number a little bit higher than I usually like. But if it's somewhere like around 12 and a half, I think I would take the over there. Yeah, it's funny, like I said, to talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones, but this offense has quietly been one of the most efficient in the NFL. And when you have so much identify, so much defensive identity with Amari Cooper, with what he's done this season with Jacoby Brissett, Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of like falls in the background. And he's always been that big play threat. Like he'll just get like a maybe mm-hmm. two, three targets and catch one for 75 yards and a touchdown. Like that just seems yeah. to be his art. And that's I, I, I love that call out for some of these props. So... With that, since we want to get into some of these games, let's go ahead and jump into our Week 10 look ahead. The very first game we're going to talk about, Bills against the Vikings. Obviously, when I wrote this up, it was a 48.5 over under, and the yeah. Bills were favored at uh, minus 7.5. And, 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 you know, since then, I think that we're going to, like you said, we're going to see some things come down because of the injury. And, and like you said, it does stand right now at Bills minus 3.5. With Case Keenum probably being the quarterback, I don't think that they're, the Bills really should want to press Josh Allen. We all know Josh Allen's that tough guy who will try to stick it out. But if you look at how these things go, you don't want to make things worse. And I don't ever want to see Josh Allen not on the field, but at the same time, I'd rather see him in the playoffs because that's how um, really good games begin. So do you think this is finally going to be the week that Kirk Cousins explodes? Like, I feel like I've been trying to figure it out over the last few weeks. And if you just look at his fantasy points over the last four weeks, and in week five, 22, in week six, 16, then back to 23, back to 16. Like, it's just, he's doing this flip-flop thing. So is he going to finally not just hit 25 or go go over that for the first time this season? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're waiting for it, right? And I we're think waiting. it's kind of coming down to, and this is where, like, game plans and coaching start affecting, like, our fantasy yeah. points is – Minnesota is doing this thing. It's so bizarre. They were basically doing it last year too, but they were losing this year. They're actually winning doing it where they're just doing enough to win. Like they are playing to the exact level of their competition and they're just making smart choices at the very end of games. And that's how they're winning. They're not winning by dominating. This Vikings team has all the skills to dominate and they're still using Mike Zimmer's playbook, which is driving me crazy because get just Justin Jefferson the ball like it's a lot of trying to run the ball a lot of trying to get some other players involved and I don't I don't know against this Buffalo secondary if this is going to be the week Mm -hmm. for Kirk but would it be would it be a testament to this Vikings team like for them I would love for them to go in there and have a really dominant game because you still have to play that defense and I think Kirk has just from his playing standpoint, like he's not having his best year, but mm-hmm. every week you're seeing him get a little bit better. Last week he had some really, really, really beautiful passes. Um, I think the refs had their hands a little bit in that game. I think they probably could have won by much more. Um, but yeah, I, we're waiting for it, right? And I, I don't know when it comes. Does it come against the Buffalo D? I'm not sure if I can get on that train. No, I don't. I don't disagree with that. And if this was Josh Allen plugging the game, I'd be much more yeah. on Kirk Cousins having a blow up because you know he's going to have to have to just kind of yeah. do what he does and throw it into double coverage yeah. and hope someone comes down with it. So as we lean nearer into, you know, Josh Allen still isn't practicing, and it looks mm-hmm. like it's going to be Case Keenum. He's doing his best Josh Allen impression in practice, jumping off of you know bags, know. doing <laughs> spins. Like I love, I love seeing Kirk uh, seeing Case Keenum do that. We also yeah. have a little bit of a revenge game aspect. From mm-hmm. Hayes Keenum, if he plays, we all remember. You know, he was a Minnesota Viking, the Minnesota Miracle. Mm-hmm. He and Stephon Diggs. You know, now they're on the same team in a different area. That's just so weird to think about. I, I love, so 
I love Both that. So, brothers, a lot of narrative yeah, around this game. It's so crazy. much. And I think that even if Case Keenum plays, I think Stefan Diggs blows up. I think he can absolutely destroy this game. So I would be looking for them to really actively get him involved. Yeah. Do we see Gabe Davis have a, have a day? Like, it feels like Gabe Davis has been. So this is this is the thing with Gabe Davis. If you guys don't know, on film, this is exactly his problem. He's either wide open or he's draped in coverage. And when you yeah. see what he does, he doesn't create a lot of separation. He's not the best after the catch. He's on, even at times he's off the same page with his quarterback. He doesn't feel like he's always where he's supposed to be and where he ex is expected to be. You see, you see the big plays because he's just running like a post mm -hmm. route or a go route. And everyone's just like, Oh, I forgot. He's really, really fast still. Right. So do we see Gabe Davis have himself a week against the Minnesota Vikings, especially if we see the defense start to turn their attention to Stephon Diggs. Right. And you, the problem with Gabe Davis is like exactly like you said, like you can take him out of games. And I think teams are figuring that out that you really yeah. just need to, you know, dra like drape him with some coverage and he kind of is eliminated. And I don't think that Case Keenum helps him by any means. Mm, yeah. I, I think that he's definitely going to be one of the guys that suffers. It's such a shame because I know a lot of people drafted Gabe Davis very high. And yeah. I don't know that you're going to get any value back on him uh, this year like you like you thought you were going to there. I definitely don't like Case Keenum. It's definitely, an, uh, you know, with that injury concern with Josh Allen, I don't know. Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, it's tough. And, and really, when you think about the tight ends position, I think we, we know that TJ Hawkinson's been already mm – -hmm extremely involved yeah. on that side of the football and really the only the only value that Dawson Knox has had is when Josh Allen seems to like fall off of his his mark mm -hmm. and kind of like find him wide open in the end zone I don't, I don't know if Case Keenum gets that done they're not really going to script plays for Dawson Knox and Case does seem more like a one two look to check down so maybe mm -hmm. Devin Singletary maybe the running backs have a yeah. little bit more impact maybe Naheem Hines has a bit of an impact on this game do you think any of the running backs like I said just like I just talked about have even for the opposite side with this Buffalo defense yeah. is there any chance that these guys can have themselves a good game against either defense it's a really good question and I was thinking about this talked about it a little bit on my show too um Buffalo they did this last year too, where they just kind of forget about having to run the ball because Josh Allen is doing it effectively for them. But like, mm -hmm. you've got to start, you've got to start running the ball. I think that they'll probably have to do that more with case. Mm -hmm. Singletary is actually not having a horrible year. He's like yep. sitting at RB 28, I think on the season. I just don't see Hines taking over as like that lead back while Singletary is there but are they able to maybe game script to get Heinz more involved especially without Josh there probably I think that we see just like we did last year this like back end of the season the Bills running backs ultimately have to get involved to win games yeah if you go back to the the game that they played against the Chiefs and they actively did try to run the football with Devin Singletary he had the most carries in his mm -hmm. in the season 17 and you know, 85 yards and he didn't get in the end zone but he also ha added four receptions on five targets, 22 yards. That's a game that I'm thinking that they need to run with Case Keenum at quarterback. I think you're going to see yeah. them try to spread the defense out. Obviously, we know that Case Keenum still can throw the ball. He can still get it to your playmaker. So you try to spread the defense out a little bit. And then you just start chunking away. You bring Dawson Knox in. You can even line him up as an H-back and start to use your fullback. We know Reggie Gilliam is effective, not just as a pass catcher, but as a really good complementary fullback for that offense. They do bring him out. Use some 12, some tw maybe even some 13 personnel. Run the ball with Devin Singletary. And I do think mm -hmm. he could have himself. Out of the, all the running backs in this game, I think even – 
even Dalvin Cook, I think Devin Singletary has the best game out of all of these guys. What do you say to that? Yeah, I'm with you, actually. And I'm I'm someone that has always kind of been on the Singletary train. I know a lot of people jumped off very quickly, but I think mm -hmm. he can be very effective. And I think we're going to see him do that again. I think they, they're not going to have a choice but to involve him. And he, he is able to get the job done. It's just about how much they're involving him. So I'm with you. I like Singletary this game. Absolutely. We know like the Vikings defense, while they're playing definitely better, they're they're a weakened defense. They are easy to get around, and I don't know that they can dominate enough if you just keep pushing the ball. Yeah, uh, that's another reason why I would say that they try to run the ball. Zedarius Smith is on one this yeah. season. He seems like he's mad. I don't know what happened, like the yeah. inter interworkings from Green Bay to Baltimore to now in Minnesota. I don't know what happened, but he's pissed off and he is taking it out on the NFL. So for Case Keenum's best interest, it might be best for them to run the ball a little bit more just to keep the pressure off, especially because oh, yeah. Zedaris has oh, just yeah. been... Or they'll, so... they'll be calling the Steelers for Mitch Trubisky back <laughs> real quick. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine just Case Keenum gets hurt? I was like, well, um, hey, uh, you guys, uh, you're not using him anymore. Do you mind just sending him back? He knows the offense. I mean, I it is what it him. is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's turn our attention to the Lions against the Bears. This is, you know, I was more excited about this game earlier in the week. And it was a, I wrote it up at 48 and a half over under. And when I'm looking at this game, it looks like it still is 48 and a half. And now the line shifted since I wrote it up. The Bears are now favored by two and a half instead of or what was it no it was still two and a half never mind uh i wrote that up the same so it hasn't changed line has not moved all week and had the lions offense continued what it was in the first maybe five six games of the mm -hmm. season this would be where I i'm looking to have some really fun over props because we know the defense in the lions is awful yeah. it's so bad it's one of the worst yeah. if not the worst in the nfl their secondary group is the worst in the nfl i know kirby joseph mm -hmm. had a great game last week got nfc player or defensive player of the week but it's not going to happen every week. They came to play against the Packers, and I'm worried that they're going to just fall asleep, but the Chicago Bears are starting to gain some confidence. And we saw, I mean, again, again, their defense last week did get torn up by Tyreek and Tua, and walking to get torn up by those guys. Honestly, it just doesn't matter. So when you have this, this Lions defense, and you talked about Justin Fields rushing props. Like, I'm thinking he could, again, go over 100. He could run absolutely wild in this game. He might not even have to throw a pass. They could just run the ball down Lion, the Lions defense. And they what would they do? What would they have to stop The you could bring out? Which you know, is why you also out. wonder, like, why? I think it also shows the flaws of the Packers. Like, I know we're yeah, not talking about that. Right? But, like, all you had to do was run the ball. Like, it's not – like, beating the Lions is not a difficult task. They're really – they have really poor clock management. Like they, you just have to run the ball against them. Their defense stinks. Like it's really doesn't need to be that serious. Like I think they're such a beatable team. But then you mm -hmm. look at Chicago, like you said, since their bye week, they're averaging thirty-one points per game. Like they are yeah. scoring points. They're getting it done. Yep. A lot of that has to come. You know, it comes from Fields' legs and that he's going well over. You know, whatever his rushing prop is week after week. I think they. I mean. This is a nice spot for Chicago to win at home. Uh, you know, Goff has not – I tweeted this out. Goff has not won a road game as a Lion. He actually has not won a road game since December 6, 2020. Like, Good Lord. In a hot minute. He was a Ram last time he did it. Um, I think people – Chicago, I'm sure, is favored in this one. I, I – 
I think they, for rightfully so, though, I saw it at, at minus three at one point. I think Chicago is doing enough and right now. I don't, I don't know how Detroit is going to stop them. I think this it ends up being a high-scoring game, kind of like we saw the Lions games in the beginning of the season. Yeah. But, uh, and I don't know, St. Brown is back, right? Fully healthy. Yeah, it looks know. like he's back. Yeah. So we'll see what happens over there. I think losing Hawkinson is actually a bigger hit. I think, you know, the Vikings are going to use him much more than the Lions mm-hmm. were. But uh, I think it's a bigger hit on that offense than people realize. Yeah, their tight end situation is interesting. And that's funny. That's right next in our in our, our plans here. If you look at the Bears defense, they had Roquan Smith, who was the kind of their coverage linebacker. Right. I mean, when I say coverage linebacker, he wasn't like great at it, but he was like the best coverage guy they got. That's what he had. (laughs) And now he's gone. (laughs) So I know that everyone was trying to get Brock right, but if you look just based on last week, it's a small sample size. He was basically a blocking tight end. He was running some routes, but James Mitchell, if I'm not mistaken, is his name, was the guy running more, just as mm-hmm. many routes, but he was getting the targets and the looks. He got a touchdown last week. So I think if we're talking about just tight ends specifically, this is probably more of a long shot, maybe anytime touchdown kind of thing for a Mitchell player against this, mm-hmm. this linebacker. I don't know if necessarily you want to play him unless you're in a deeper league. Uh, but Cole Komet coming off his best game of the season, again, against one of the worst, if not the worst linebacking cores in Detroit. Yeah. Could be an absolute another blow up game for him. So how are you how are you viewing the tight ends on both sides of this matchup in this game? Yeah, I think you look at it and it's so funny because they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum as far <laughs> as fantasy points for tight ends goes. Chicago allows the fourth fewest, and the Lions allow the fifth most. Um, I think that's kind of expected. Also, a great situation for Komet. Already a bad situation for a worse tight end room. I think that probably not the way I'm going is with a Lions tight end this week against Chicago. Commit's a great play. Um, actually, definitely interested in seeing what his props, what the lines are set up for yeah. him. Um, I think Cole Komet is another. I think he is another start this week. I think I was seeing people dropping him in some of my leagues. I should probably go see if he's still there to pick up, but he should be in play. Anyway. Any tight end against the Lions is, is a great. <laughs> <move>. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you there. It's just it's it's tough being a Lions fan. As, as someone from Michigan, it's not. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are yeah. Lions fans, and it's just it's not it's never fun. And they thought they had something this year, and then they just kind of. I know, you know it's so sad. I live here, and people were painting their mailboxes super gold, <laughs> like, and you you just feel I feel for them. It sucks because you get glimmers of hope, and they get crushed. Just so quickly. Uh, oh, man. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Cole Komet's over prop is set at 24 and a half. Love it. Give it That's, to me. Love it. Just, s- guys, smash it. Just smash yeah. that. There is no way he's getting under 24 and a half yards yeah. in this game. Oh, man. I, do you trust Do you trust John, John, DeAndre Swift in this game? Can you, can you play DeAndre Swift? Like, what's going on? Are they just not going to let him get healthy and they're just going to keep playing him and keep getting him hurt? We know that he's already got injury problems from last year and already into this year. So mm-hmm. what's going on with this situation? I can't I can't wrap my head around what Detroit's doing with their yeah. most explosive player not yes. letting him get healthy. Yes, I have a weird conspiracy theory about it, but I'll leave that for the end of this because it's not something that anyone <laughs> should use based on anything uh, using logic. I, I mean, Chicago, you know, and Detroit both allow a crap load of points to running backs. Yeah. It's a smash play. That's why I tweeted out that Justin Fields was going to have as many points as, yep. as many rushing yards as he's going to have this week. Uh, and 
you know, Chicago is giving up, I think, fourth or fifth most points RVs. It's like 24, whatever the extra decimal is there averaging per game for fantasy points. But do I trust? I kind of trust Jamal Williams more because yeah. that's oh. who, they're, who they're rolling with. And I, I don't, it's starting to feel like the Swift thing is maybe a confidence issue, like himself. I don't know if it's like, you saw even in Hard Knocks when they were like, I feel like we're always trying to like pump him up and be like, you can yeah. do this. You have yeah. all this talent in the world like it was just so weird that they kept always reiterating that like I don't know what they're trying to instill it feels like there's almost like a mental block there or something uh it's a it's very bizarre they should be using him because when he he's an electric player like get him in situations where he can do that maybe a get right game for Swift and unfortunately you probably drafted him too high that you have to start him because you're not in a position where like you're the one that drafted him that high you kind of have to play him and hope that he gets you those points could he have a nice like twenty point fantasy game? He could. I just it, I struggle to see where that's going to come from. Yeah, he's he's going to have to be extremely efficient in this game because he's one. He's probably not going to get all the touches. We know Jamal Williams yeah. is not just a slouch back there. He has no. three games of over twenty points. He had ten last week, uh, sixteen in his very first week. So he's not going to be someone that doesn't get touches. He's especially going to get the goal line work. We know he's going to get the short mm-hmm. yardage inside the tackles, all that stuff. DeAndre Swift can absolutely decimate in terms of pass catching, but he's going to have to be efficient. So I'm with you. You can't just sit him if you have him. You have to play him because if you don't play him, guess what? He's going to have three catches for like 100 yards and two touchdowns. So you have to – you can't do it. You have to offset that that cost control. Now, the Lions defense – I know I wrote this as a Montgomery game. Just play David Montgomery. The Lions defense is so bad. You don't even have to worry. You can play Herbert and – and Montgomery and probably just fine. You just play them both. That shouldn't yeah. be the, too much of an issue. And I can't believe that I wrote this because yeah. early in the season, if you would have told me, can the Lions keep up with the Chicago Bears? I would have said they're going to blow them out of the water. But guess yeah. what? We are at an NFL. We're at a standpoint in the NFL where I don't know that they can keep up with the, the Chicago Bears. So do they keep up in this game? Can this hit the over? Can this game be? I know, you, like you said, that Jared Goff is not been able to win on the roads 2020 mm-hmm. i'm just I, i'm i'm shocked i'm <laughs> shocked know. by I that think, <laughs> it's hard because there is a little like part of me where you see glimmers of hope from this d line at least where they are able to apply some pressure you saw it last week against aaron Rodgers. some of that might be a testament to how bad the packers yeah. are so it's yes. hard to really gauge like was that a better defensive performance or was that the Packers? being horrible um they were great in like the red zone against the Packers last week too I I, they should be able to hypothetically there is a world where maybe they get you know you see one of these bigger defensive performances out of them I don't think that's coming from the secondary but are they able to get to Justin Fields and you know shake him up a little bit as a younger guy in the league who's still like starting to get his bearings that could happen I think I think this will probably I don't want to say a shootout because I like yeah. that first field shootout sounds <laughs> disgusting. Um, but is this game could definitely go over. I think this might look like those Lions games that we saw in the beginning of the season that kind of teetered out here. But um, I, I think that this game could end up having a lot of points. I hope so. I'm. I know it's in Chicago, so yeah. I don't know how cold it's going to be on Sunday. If it's cold. I'm probably taking the under because yeah. I don't think the Lions can score. 34, they said. Yeah, I ju- see. I just, I was just thinking about this while I was talking. I was like, it's yeah. Chicago. Can Jared Goff play outside of a dome? I don't think I, he can. I don't know. I, 
I I want to say that he's not bad outside of a dome. I could also be pulling that out of my, like, I don't know where <laughs> I'm getting that from. For some reason in my head, I want to say that he is. But again, like, probably not if he hasn't won a road game since Vietnam at this race. So Probably uh, not. Yeah, I think the under might be the play. Maybe they just, this turns uh. into, like, some type of defensive run. I have no idea. This game's kind of gross. I think that total I'd stay away from. <laughs> I think I did take Bears minus three when it was at that number. Yeah. But outside of that, I think props are beautiful for this game. There's a lot of areas that you can probably get a lot of value on. But uh, this total, 48 and a half, feels high. But we've also mm-hmm. seen both these teams score a lot of points. So yeah. a little trappy there. All right. Well, unfortunately, I feel like I just talked myself out of some fun. Because I wanted this game to be fun. I know Justin Fields can play in Me the cold. Too. So <laughs> just remember, he can do it. Um, I'm. This might be a Jamal Williams game, guys. You got yeah. him. Just, just fire up the running backs there. <laughs> yeah, That's... Jamal Williams, anytime touchdown, I'll add that in. <laughs> there you go. That should be fun. <laughs> Let's pivot to a game where it's not, not going to be as disgusting, even though it's going to be cold in Kansas City. The, mm-hmm. the Jags visit the Kansas City Chiefs, 49.5 over under in this game. Chiefs were favored by 9.5. That line has now moved to minus 9. And when you look at you know Jacksonville having to come back from a 17-point deficit against the not the, the quiet quitting, as you put it, the quiet quitting Las Vegas Raiders last week. I can't help but wonder what the Jags could have been. It feels like they have a lot of things that happen every week where they look really good. And then I watched the game and they just had a toss play where the, the running back just dropped it. Like it was, it just dropped it and they turned it over. So these wow. games from the Jags are filled with inconspicuous turnovers and Trevor Lawrence having highs, having lows, the defense showing up some weeks, not showing up other weeks. And at the, at the core of all of of this, because James Robinson was traded, I feel, especially against the chiefs defense, which had an aberration of sorts in the second half Mm -hmm. against Derrick Henry last week, you can run on this team as a chiefs fan. You can, you can run on this defense. It's not a consistent as what is what would happen last week when, they just said Malik Willis isn't going to throw the ball, so we're going to stop the run. Right. Travis, Travis Etienne seems like the play here. How do you feel about Travis Etienne this week? Yeah, I am definitely in on him. I think also, and it's great because you're a Chiefs fan, so I can ask <laughs> you about these things because the Chiefs, I oh, I feel like every week I'm like, this is going to be the week that they open a can of whoop-ass and they yeah, right. totally put away this team. And then you see what happens against – the Titans, the mm-hmm. Chiefs haven't covered at home yet this – they cover – yeah, it would be the first time, I'm pretty sure, they they covered at home this season. Yeah. And I think that's like a testament to this defense. When they play a team that can, you know, run the ball against them, we've seen them struggle. I think that a lot of this game is probably going to come down to Trevor Lawrence. And if Patrick Mahomes is being full Patrick Mahomes, I think the Jags are kind of screwed here. Um, But the Jags, you just, I feel like you don't know what Jags team you're going to get. Are you going to get the undisciplined Trevor Mm -hmm. Lawrence throwing interceptions undecided? Like, is that going to be the Jags team we see, or are we going to see a team that comes in and kind of, you know, they seem to not get hot until the second half. So I still like the chiefs here. I think that, you know, nine and a half points is a lot though. So much. It's so much. And I, you know, late in the season, in my opinion. And again, like you talked about, the Chiefs typically, especially because they've had so many primetime games, it feels like their expectations are set for them. And then they just specifically, the Titans are a bad matchup for the Chiefs. They are. They lost 27 to three to them last year in the regular season. They 
nearly lost this game against Malik Willis and, and Derrick Henry. The defense is a bad matchup. Mike Vrabel knows how to play this team. And I give him a ton of props uh, yeah. because he's he's figured something out. And they were lucky to, to eke out that that victory with Patrick Mahomes going full God mode. Like he was yeah. he yeah. was full God mode. Thank God. Though. Football's so much like it's a blast when Derrick Henry is in oh, yeah. full Derrick Henry mode. Like that's the type of football that we want to see every single week. It was, I mean, as, as a Chiefs fan watching, it was frustrating, but you yeah. just have to be like, this dude just came off an injury and it doesn't matter. It, it just, no. he's, he's a demigod of sorts. So it really is. <laughs> let's look a little bit at the Chiefs receivers because we've, yeah. there was so much talk about Kansas City's receiving core. Tyreek Hill's mm -hmm. gone. They're changing things, some things up, bringing in Judas Mishister, bringing in Marquez Valdez Scantling, drafting Sky Moore. Now they've added Kadarius Tony to this group. The right. consistent McCole Hardman is now dealing with some abdomen issues but we know the last three weeks Juju Schuster has been one of not even just the best receivers in Kansas City been one of the best receivers in the NFL catching 22 of 25 targets 325 yards having a couple touchdowns in there and again he caught 10 balls against the Tennessee Titans this is a, a guy who is separating himself from everybody on Kansas City specifically Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's basically being used as a go run ball. Just go, just go run. Just go run. We don't really want to throw you the football. We're going to use you yeah. and throw everybody else underneath, which I mean, that was my interpretation. Bring him into Kansas City anyway. Why? You're just going to have him run wind sprints anyway. But these receivers, if if McCall Harmon doesn't play, I'm interested how they're going to end up using Kadarius Tony, using Sky Moore, yeah. Justin Watson. He caught a big bomb last week, had another bomb target. Does he see more? Like, this is a, an interesting game from a non Juju Smith Schuster standpoint in Kansas City. How are you treating the guys, especially if McCole Hardman, who's been a very, very reliable fantasy player over the last uh, three or four weeks as well? How are you treating the situation? Yeah, he really has. And I think it's funny because if you were someone that believed in the fact that Patrick Mahomes could elevate talent. Like you mm -hmm. got steals on these guys. You're looking at Juju. He's sitting at wide receiver 20 right now. I mean, you're Nicole Hardman is wide receiver 32 on the yeah. year right now. Like these guys are having really like good years. Even MBS, wide receiver 61, pretty respectable for having to share that many targets and, yeah. and the situation over there. I'm interested to see what they do with Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Um, I think that they will absolutely involve him. I was kind of bummed only about that landing spot because I don't know if it affects Sky more more than it affects anyone else on that team. So I, I want to see how Andy Reid, without one of these guys that he's relied on, how does he, you know, where does he put the ball? Yeah, this is uh in when you talk about Kadarius Tony for this season and Sky Moore, for me when you look at this. I'm I'm treating the situation because there is an out in Marquez Valdez Scantling's contract after this year. He can be cut and you can save some money against yeah. the cap. I think they're also going to look to extend Juju Schmichester. We're going to see how much that costs. Also, McCall Hardman's a free agent after the season. He could be gone too. So if you see two of those three in Juju, right. MVS, Hardman gone, we're talking about lots of play, lots of targets, lots of playing time opening up. Mm -hmm. And this was an opportunity for them to take advantage yeah. of a player who was not being used in New yeah. York and was clearly being held out purposefully. And he came into Kansas City and was healthy. So I think yeah. we all kind of understand what was going on in right. that situation. But let's talk a little bit about I know it's not in the show, in the show sheet, but uh, yeah. the wide receivers for the Jags. So this does feel like a game again, yeah. where they're going to be down. 
and they're going to have to throw the ball. I know that Travis Etienne is going to get a good amount of work in the passing game, but Christian Kirk really has had the offense built around him as that slot receiver. They've done a good job in getting him the ball, but we've seen this Chiefs defense give up plays to wide receivers on the outside because Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz. He blitzes a lot, and he leaves oh, receivers yeah. on the outside. They, they had a couple chances last week, we know. We've seen this time and time again. Is this a week, Zay Jones, you know, Marvin Jones, they they get one of those isolated situations and they catch a bomb for a touchdown. Like I just it feels like that could happen this week. God, it does. It feels like a Mar it feels like a Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones game touchdown week. I'm putting it in. We're adding that in. We're gonna do Jamal Williams, Marvin Jones, Cole Komet. I'm gonna parlay all of these. It does. It feels like a Marvin Jones. I also am a huge fan of Zay Jones. I think that. He's kind of a very underrated talent in this yeah. league. He's also quietly sitting at wide receiver 41 on the year. Another very respectable number for yeah. where you were drafting him. Um, very interesting. I think what we know about, about Marvin Jones is he's one of the more consistent fantasy players where he's going to get nearly the same amount of touchdowns. You know he's, he's due for a touchdown yeah. every here and there. He's Most games he's quiet, but when he has a great game and a great catch, you hear about it, you see the highlights, and then we kind of go on with our day. Could absolutely be a Marvin Jones day. Absolutely. Yeah, thinking about it just kind of makes me sick because I know he's going to get like one-on-one -on -one <laughs> with – and I love I love the, the young corners in Kansas City, but they're starting too. They're starting two mm -hmm. two rookies this this week, then they they're going to be rotating two other rookies, so they're going to be essentially playing three rookies on the outside. So one of them might get a touchdown caught on them because Marvin Jones just he's just that guy, and I think that yeah. the trust that Trevor Lawrence has with him, especially in those situations, I lean so heavily on him catching a touchdown in this game, especially on one on one coverage. I see it happening. The rotation at running back in Kansas City is gross. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is, really and it's I can't. <laughs> As a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire truther, I've always loved him. I've loved his skill set, and I can't, I can't do it anymore in fantasy. Like I have to. I don't have a choice in some of my leagues. I don't right. have a choice at most time. But I know that they're trying to work in the rookie Isaiah Pacheco. I know that really, when it comes down to crunch time, McKinnon is the one getting the the play. He's getting the the runs, getting the targets. That seems to be what they've done here. And Clyde's. Now, not getting any vulnerable and actual real touches. So it's this running back committee, it looks so awful on paper. And the most, the guy you probably want to play if you have to is a, is McKinnon. Yeah. He's probably the one that's most likely going to score a touchdown. And I know that this week they talked about, if you want to establish the run a little bit better, you got to run it more. Like, come on. Thank you. Thank you yeah, for that. I know. Like, no, no offense. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm you guys, like I said, I've said it three times. I'm a chiefs fan. I am an Eric B enemy fan too, but yeah. sometimes the stuff that he says like this, we all know, we know, but I, I just don't, I don't understand what makes you guys think that running the ball five times and, and doing it sporadically on first down when everyone knows you're going to do it. I don't yeah. know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So how are you treating the running backs in Kansas City in this game going forward? I mean, seems mostly like a, a just hands-off approach, don't you think? Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like going into the season, there was a lot of chatter about Kansas City kind of doing one of these wide receiver room but committee. They were yeah. kind of – and you're kind of seeing these guys. Juju is clearly getting the most work. And then now – you look at the running back room and it's so frustrating. I don't know if they're like, is it that they're trying to 
force Isaiah, but then they know that McKinnon is the most reliable, but they know that CH has the most talent. And then they like don't know what to do with all oh. three of them. And it's, it's so frustrating, but I think you're right. I think McKinnon is the guy that, you know, is reliable that they're going to, that is most likely to get the touchdown. And I mean, he's sitting so far back right now on the, on the season for CH, but I think CH was getting used a lot more in the beginning of the season. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but it, I think that it sucks because I love CH. I just yeah. don't know if he's going to end up being this in fantasy. It's yeah. <sighs> it's tough. And honestly, their offense was best when they were using CH and McKinnon as your one-two punch and just kind of sprinkling in Pacheco. It feels like uh, they're forcing Isaiah Pacheco because yeah. he has 4-3 speed. That doesn't work out. And I was excited to see him get expanded touches. But if you're gonna if you're gonna put him in a role and then you're gonna basically just take the running game and say, No, we're not gonna do it. How do you expect to get enough out of him? How do you expect him to show that yeah. he can do anything? If you're gonna commit to it, commit to it. Give him 15, 17 touches on a week and see what he can do with it. If you're going to do this, oh, we're, we're going to kind of mess around with it, but we're still going to just throw the ball 70 times a game. You're never going to be able to see what this seventh round rookie has, if he's going to be able to have anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I, I'm, I'm so frustrated with it and uh, I'm done it's with gotta it. It's got to be so frustrating actually, to watch. Like, and it's, I guess there is a lot, even across the league, there's a lot of like backfields that are just, very yeah. confusing. You don't know who to play. I, we're probably going to get to one a little bit later. The Dolphins' backfield is oh, also one Lord. that is very frustrating. Kansas City has to be by far one of the most frustrating backfields. So, um, and I think it's even you know you're seeing like CH is only averaging like twelve point two fantasy points per game. That's nothing for what I think he is capable of doing. You know. Funny enough, if they could just separate Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes, the running back, and let you play those, you'd probably be best just to play Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, He's going to get rushing touchdowns. It's <laughs> true. Absolutely. It's true. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. Travis, uh, Trevor Lawrence versus Patrick Mahomes. It, you guys, if you, it's a noon game. I don't have to stay up until 11 o'clock to do a Love breakdown it. after. Good Lord. It's so... <laughs> So it gives me some some hope to be able to sleep this weekend. So I'm looking oh, forward to that. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the last game on the slate that we're going to talk about, which I think is is going to be one of the most entertaining. I really think people yes, sleep on the Browns' like, offense. Yes, I was so pumped when I saw this game on because, and we'll get it. I'll let you do your thing first. But I am in on these Browns, man, and I don't want you should, to be everyone. I'm very everyone in. should so be quietly like. Before you, they went into the vibe with so much momentum, and I don't yeah. think that was a, a fluke. I think that that was them getting it together, and and their defense finally playing up to the level that we need them to. They've got Watson coming back, a lot to like here. There's so much, this is a matchup of two top five offenses according to DVOA. The Browns are sitting at fifth in total DVA on offense. Miami at second, just behind Kansas City. This is a game that I'm ex I'm so excited to watch, and I think that this could be the blow up of the weekend because both defenses have some trouble. They, have, I think Miami is going to be able to take advantage of the run a little bit because Cleveland typically cannot stop the run. Miami doesn't seem to know anything they're doing on defense. Uh, maybe Jacoby Brissett runs a little bit, but Tua Tagovailoa has had a resurgence in this season. I know everyone wants to talk about Tyreek Hill being the reason why. The reason why he's healthy. He's convinced that his body isn't going to fail him, and he's confident in that. He's also processing 
because of the way the offense is constructed. He is processing faster than almost any quarterback in the NFL. They're giving him basically one guy to read, and you have three different options off of it. So if you see him doing something, you know exactly where to go with the football. So he's getting the ball out quickly on time. And when he's taking shots down the field, I know they come up short. I know they come up short sometimes. I yeah. understand that. He's they're not they're the going ball. to. It's just who he is yeah. as a player, too. But I think is. you look what you know. What Miami is doing is, and this is where a lot of teams fail, like they're putting their quarterback in the best situation to succeed. It's happening in Preach. New York right now, too, with Daniel Jones. And I don't even think they've tapped into his potential. But you're seeing him have the success he's having because the way that they're calling plays, the way that they're yeah. – everything that they're doing is – is lining these guys up to succeed and Tua's in it even in a fabulous situation because not only are his coaches doing that but he's got two reliable weapons that when he does you know come up a little short it doesn't quite matter because nope. they're able to overcome that because of speed because of hands because of what the type of players that they are so Miami's defense is probably going to be the thing that ends up hurting them this season um, yeah. unless they can figure it out a little bit. But I think that defense, again, like, yes, Miami is winning games. They're also giving up a lot of points. Yeah, a lot of points, 48 and a half over under for this game. Dolphins are favored by four. I don't know if they can win a game by four. They should have, you know, I know they probably should have. The Lions should have covered two weeks ago. Honestly, they should have covered two weeks yeah. ago. Um, the, the, they almost lost to the, the the Bears last week. So four points might be a little much against this this offense, which, again, by Jacoby Brissett's done a great job. They've really maximized his potential with the running game, bringing in Amari Cooper. Unfortunately, he's not going to be the quarterback all season because I'd love to see him as a quarterback all yeah, season. Yeah, um, You did talk about the backfield in Miami. So let's, yeah. let, let's get there because it felt everyone to start the season – Chase Edmonds, write it down. He's going to have the breakout season. Not finally. me. <laughs> no, not me either. I was off Chase Edmonds. I, no. I've been Raheem off Mostert. of him since Arizona. <laughs> yeah, Raheem Mostert was the guy. I'm like, look, if he's healthy, he played in mm -hmm. this backfield in, in San Francisco. He played in this offense. If he's healthy, he's going to start to to work yep. it out. And he's going to get be the guy. Guess what happens? Now Chase Edmonds is in Denver. He's not in. He's not even in Miami anymore. He's not even playing for him. I know. And then they trade for Jeff Wilson Jr. Mm -hmm. And Raheem Mostert was actually playing well for them. So it yeah. felt like maybe they couldn't trust his body holding up all season. Yes. Mm -hmm. And maybe Jeff Wilson was like a replacement level player because he's he and, and Raheem Mostert have the same skill set. They're very yeah. fast guys. They play in this offense. They get to the edge and they can do a lot of things after. And, and then last week, Jeff Wilson Jr. outsnaps. Out Raheem Moser, if I'm not mistaken, he up, yes. he up. What's going on? What what's yeah. happening? What's going on with this backfield? And then you start to think, as you look at a guy like Daniel, and is this part of his like keeping you on your toes type thing? I think some of the Wilson Jr. trade was absolutely for you know injury security. Mm -hmm. I think that Mostert, again, like one of my favorite running backs, actually like in the league, but yeah. he cannot stay healthy. I. I love watching him play, but that's just the guy. Unfortunately, like he didn't get the nickname most hurt for no reason. Like, <laughs> oh. He barely is playing. Oh. So um, I think, you know, you, I think it's just going to be a split backfield probably for the most part. We saw that last week. Does, and it, it might start to be frustrating too. Is this the type <laughs> of thing where you don't know which one's going to be better? You saw Wilson Jr. I think he was at 49.1% snap share and most of it was at 47, whatever it was. Um, and then Wilson, you know, they've, Wilson and Mostert both had nine attempts. One had 
Moster have one less target. Uh, are they going to use Wilson maybe a little bit more in the receiving game? Because you didn't see Moster doing – I don't know. It's interesting. I think that Wilson Jr., God, it sucks, though, because Moster was just having such a freaking – He was. I I'm know. so mad. This I move know. makes me mad, just maybe more mad than anything that happened in yeah. the last couple of weeks because I was, like I said, not only was I already high on Mostert, yeah. but I had had this called before the season started. He was my favorite, like, sleeper pick in best ball in all of my, like, the last picks of the round. Yeah. And now this is going to ruin it for me, especially because, like you said, we aren't going to know which running back is going to have the week. We're just not going to know. And mm -hmm. if you don't score a touchdown, what, like, Mostert was able to save, you know, his value last week by scoring a touchdown – it's very possible that you start Moster and, and Wilson goes off. You sit him, Moster goes off. This is going to be something that you have to deal with throughout the rest of the season. But at the end of the day, this is all about the offense in the passing game. They're going to run the ball a little bit here and there, but this is Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Tua Tungvalo taking this offense to heights that they haven't seen in – I don't even know how long it's been since – maybe since Dan Marino. I don't, I don't know. Maybe yeah. this could be the best offense the Miami's had since then. I'm I'm not a a Miami Dolphins watcher, tracker, yeah. historian. If you guys are, please feel free to, to correct me if I'm wrong on yeah. that. This David Njoku, okay? Yes. He's got a high ankle sprain. I know that there's been some talk about him possibly not missing this game, but being active. How are you treating him for this game? Because if he plays... I feel like this Miami defense is something you could really take advantage of if he does. I know. And I am struggling here. And I think I never do this either. I'm usually the one that's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually like injury. Let's kind of stay away. See how it goes. I, in my gut is telling me that he's going to have a good week. I don't know what it is. I think that he's crucial also to Cleveland having continued success on offense before Deshaun does come back. Miami's allowing the fourth most points to tight ends. Um, <sighs> we just we just saw what Komet was able to do. And before he got injured, Njoku was tight end four, averaging 12 fantasy points yeah. per game, very respectable for a tight end. We know the tight end situation. He's still currently like tight end nine, despite being out for two weeks. I think he was out three weeks, whatever it was. I struggle not to put him in because are they just going to – involve him enough he is a playmaker are they going to involve him enough where he's the guy that gets on in the end zone if he very well could um i think in places where i need to and i don't feel confident about whoever my other option is i'm still going to roll out with njoku i don't know that you can sit him because of this if they say he's healthy to go they need him to beat miami and i think with this defense he's a perfect play here yeah, right now we're showing did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. So we are recording okay. this on Friday. If he gets a limited practice in, that's going to be the most frustrating thing. If he does have practice oh, limited yeah. on Friday, you're going to be just hurting yourself to play him. And if you don't, he's going to have a good game. But again, if he can gut it out, I think you have to play him. Like you said, fourth most points against tight ends. That is mm -hmm. something you want a piece of in a game where they're going to have to probably – Try to keep up. And I know that running the football is what the Cleveland Browns do. They can run the ball when they're down oh, 20. Yeah. It doesn't matter because Nick Chubb can always can always take it to the house. This is going to be another Nick Chubb game, you think? I think this could very well be. <laughs> he has maybe 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, um, I like his prop a lot. It, the line's at 78 and a half. Oh, yeah. uh, after what Fields and that run, that run game did against 
you know, Miami last week, I imagine that number is going to get bet up. That's a number that I would get in early if you can. I like him to get in the end zone. Um, as long as the Browns involve him to the level mm-hmm. that they should, because they should be giving Chubb. Anyone, I would imagine an NFL coach would want to have Chubb in this game against this Miami defense. So uh, I liked, I think Chubb should have a huge game. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think even, I think both running backs could get in the end zone. Kareem yeah. Hunt could get too. So if you guys have Hunt, you're pretty much playing him anyway because of the way they use both of these guys. So yeah, Chubb could have a huge game. And again, uh, Kareem Hunt just, just they, they use him just enough to get you like that 15, 16 points that you're I looking know. for out of Kareem Hunt. It's frustrating because we know what he's capable of and he's stuck. I don't like saying stuck behind Nick Chubb because everyone's stuck behind Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's the best yeah. field runner, maybe outside of Derek Henry in the NFL. Um, yeah. So you're 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 kind of like, well, I want to play him, but I know he could do better somewhere else. But at the same, he time, reminds he's... me of Madison in the sense where it's like I just want to see you on another team to be the <laughs> RB one one time. I just because you see him do it when you know whoever their handcuff is is out. They have these massive games. And it's like you just want to see them be the RB one for one game. Um, yeah, you're right. Chubb just always does quite enough. Madison doesn't always do that, but I mean, Hunt does just enough. So uh, he's always someone that you kind of at this point have to play when it's a matchup like this. He should be in one of those flex spots. All right. Donovan Peoples-Jones. So we talked a little bit about him early off. I think this passing game this week against Miami, regardless of the the guys they have, I, I haven't seen like their, what Miami's rolling out there in terms of the corners, because I know they have a really good, talented corner group with Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, stuff yeah. like that, but they have been pretty susceptible to throwing the football. Maybe I'm just wrong about that. I very well could be. But the attention's going to be on Amari Cooper. Like, that's just what it's going to be, and it hasn't seemed to matter a whole lot. They've done a really good job. Again, when you have a running game and a running attack, the way that they can scheme up that – the entirety of their backfield it opens up so much space it's really the opposite of what we've seen in the nfl today that teams are taking advantage of all the space created by defenses playing off that they're using more gap gap power concepts and they're getting yeah. guys like travis Etienne in an open space that's already there the the browns are doing the opposite they're like all right we're going to set up 13 personnel we're going to run the ball bring you guys in and we're going to take advantage of the space behind you what we've seen over the course of the last 10 years really is using the play action game to to impact the wide receivers but dominant people's jones in this game with the attention on amari cooper this is this is it like i feel like you talked about his prop, but even then, he could be a really impactful player for the Browns even keeping it close, much less winning this game. So not just the Donovan Peoples-Jones question, but the, the whole passing attack with Jacoby Brissett. How are we feeling in this game about him? Yeah, Jacoby Brissett, again, like a very – he's a good backup quarterback. He has done more than enough for these Cleveland Browns who have put themselves in a really nice situation. I like the narrative that – Schedule is late. Watson's coming back. They're still very much in this. They still could, yeah. you know, who knows? They could be the Browns that we thought they were going to be. The defense is kind of putting it together. They're get, getting healthier. Wyatt Teller com- coming back to practice. They also are getting some pieces back on the second. So I think that this team is just in a good spot to win. And I think they do that by also passing the ball while they're they're going to yeah. be able to run the ball. We know that. But you look at what, like, Peoples-Jones has done these past couple weeks. He's getting more and more targets. He's having more. He had 81 yards last week. Then the weeks before that, 71 
74, 50, 71. And then it was like 10 and zero. So he, yeah. they're obviously involving him more. Um, and I think he's even, if you're hurting right now, if it's a bye week that's going to kill you, like he was available in a lot of my leagues. I picked yeah. him up. I'm going to play him this week. Um, I, the, nothing about the Dolphins defense scares me. And I think that you're right. Like Amari demands a lot of the attention. And while he's able to, for the most part, still be successful with that, I think he's going to be looking to people's Jones and we're seeing him do that a little bit more. I mean, they're even getting the rookie involved. Um, they are trying to pass the ball. So Jacoby, as long as Jacoby's not having like a very off day, he's a very respectable quarterback. Yeah, as long as he doesn't, he, the Jacoby that showed up against the Chargers there doesn't show right. up. In we're this ignoring game. I think, that game. I think we'll be all right. Way, a very respectable yes. quarterback. He also can be mobile at times. Would love to see him get those feet going a little bit uh, yeah. this game. I'm sure they seem to put his uh, rushing prop very high all the time, which is hilarious because most uh, quarterbacks, they end up putting it way too low. But um, probably a number that I will keep my eye on this week as well. I think that's what the Austin Fields did. They might have a couple things worked into their game plan this week. And Cleveland's offense passing DVOA is eighth. So there's no slouch in the passing game either. They're second mm -hmm. in the rush DVOA and eighth in the pass DVOA. So thank you very much for being here with me today. Let everyone know where they, again, where they can find you and what you're working on coming up. Yeah, for sure. So you guys can find me on all the socials at Sevy Smalls with three L's. I do my work over with Champions Round. All my shows, short form stuff is on their YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all over the place. You can usually find my stuff right on my Twitter there. And go down the Champions Round app because if you're into gambling, some fun gambling games, a lot of cool stuff coming up. So uh, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. These are some great games to break down. It's going to be a good weekend. Of course, you guys, you, you did hear that she added more you know, touchdown props to her while we were talking about this. So you definitely want to go follow her. Make sure you're doing that. And if you want to bet, do it responsibly. This isn't just a, yes. a do whatever you want kind of thing. So yeah, the, thank you again for having me. It was a lot of uh, for having me. Yeah. Here we are. I'm I mean, just going to talk. It's because I'm asking you questions and then it's yeah. confusing because they talk too much. <laughs> Been here on this for an hour and I'm just sitting here talking and I just forget <laughs> what I'm saying all the time. So again, appreciate you for being yeah. on with me. And again, you guys, this is the Fancy Football Astronauts podcast. We are blasting off again. I'll see you guys next time. See ya.